Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Thursday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. And as always, we have a great episode for you today. We're talking a little bit about Iowa versus Nebraska, what we want to see from the Hawks against Nebraska, as it should be an easy win. But we'll talk about that more. We're also talking about recruiting. We haven't had a chance to dive into it. Iowa lands two recruits in the last week-ish. Who could be next for the Iowa Hawkeyes? And finally, Michigan versus Wisconsin. We all saw the video. We're going to talk a little bit about that and how the Big Ten continues to screw things up around the Big Ten. But first, I want to thank you all for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast for free or wherever you get podcasts at by searching Locked On Hawkeyes. So let's get into it. Iowa gets Nebraska. Okay. Last time Iowa played Nebraska, it was an easy win. 98-75 to at home for Iowa. That is an easy comparison to say we hope Iowa wins by that much again. Now, it's also worthwhile saying Nebraska is going to hopefully come out motivated and hungry. And I say hopefully, meaning uh, they are hopefully for themselves going to come out hungry and motivated. They have struggled throughout the season. They've only won one game since the start of the year. One game since the start of the year. And since losing to Iowa, they fell to Maryland at home 90 to 74 and also to Northwestern 77 to 65. It wasn't all sunshine and rainbows, though, in that game versus the Hawks for Iowa. Nebraska came out hot early. They hit a couple shots. They were really attacking Iowa down low. And until Iowa started forcing quite a few turnovers in the middle part of the first half, Nebraska was looking like they were going to try to make this a game. Now, we've talked a lot about Iowa and how impressive they have been over the last couple of games. This is a really important game for them to win. We need to see them take care of these teams. And they have gone 5-1 and one in their last six games. I want to believe it. But in the past couple of years, when we want to believe, sometimes they just pull up a stinker. They just do it. And it's it's very, very... Very frustrating to watch. I think about that 2020 team that lost in Nebraska January 7th on the road. Followed it up with wins over a good Michigan team, a good Rutgers team, a good Wisconsin team, a good Maryland team. I think about the 2019 team. I'll look this up real quick. I'm pretty sure. Yep. They fell to Nebraska on the road as well in overtime, actually. They lost four straight to close out March going into the NCAA tournament. This is the tournament team that ultimately brought Tennessee down to the wire. Nebraska on the road, two of the last three seasons, has been tough for the Iowa Hawkeyes. So I'm not coming in here saying Iowa's guaranteed to win. They certainly should win. But I'm going to be smart about this and understand that we have seen this team struggle in the past. Now, is this a different team? It is. bunch of different players. But we've seen some of those issues before where they start slow. They let bad teams kind of get into it a little bit. They have figured out a way to come back and take over those games. But it is a concern. Now, Ken Palm projects this to be an 87-74 to win for Iowa. 
And when you talk about Nebraska, you have to focus on the guys who did the most damage to Iowa last game. And it starts with Derek Walker. Six foot nine, 239 pound junior, had a 150 offensive rating, 14 points on six of eight shooting and six boards. Lat Mayen had 115 offensive rating, seven points, three boards, two assists. That's not ideal. Eduardo Andre, 140 offensive rating, 10 points on four or five shooting, 6'11, 236 pound uh, freshman. So you can see the big men were really doing damage against the Hawks. I also thought guard Alonzo Verge did a great job of getting into the paint versus Iowa and dishing the ball out. I thought he was a very electric playmaker for Nebraska in this game, all things considered. So when you look at the, the weaknesses, Iowa needs to defend the paint better. Rebounding wasn't necessarily the issue, but it was allowing Nebraska to go into the paint at will. Now, I've been a big supporter of Philip Bracha. He was struggling in this game. And in those situations, I would like to see Josh Ogundale come into that game a little bit. I've been pretty impressed with Josh in his limited minutes. Now, there's been struggles still, right, where he can't get down the court as quick as their team and in transition, he's a weakness or a liability. But I really liked what I saw against Michigan State. His passing ability was there. He defends the rim. And he's a big guy. It's not easy to get around Josh. I don't think Iowa would make that switch, especially early on in the game. They expect Iowa to kind of uh, force some turnovers on the perimeter a little bit more, but that would be my opinion in that situation. I also want to see Iowa not let off the gas. I talked a lot of negative stuff in the first couple minutes, but Iowa is a very good team, and they are much better than this Nebraska team, and I want to see them put it on them. Get up by 20 points in the first half. Get up by 30 within 10 minutes left and put your backups in and just roll through this. We ultimately need to get up early, get out hot, and allow our starters to take some time and rest. Keegan, Patrick, Jabo, Chris, we need these guys to be healthy. You look at what happened in last year's NCAA tournament. Seemingly everyone was dealing with an injury, a nagging, tough injury, and we got destroyed by Oregon. Now, I know we're not the, a top 10 ranked team in the nation right now, but this team is still a very strong team, and they have some really interesting matchup potential to be able to go far in the tournament, barring injuries. So can Iowa get out quick? Can Iowa get out of the game healthy? Those are the two big things I'm looking for. I also want to see two halves of defense and rebounding. We've seen that the last couple of games. Let's continue it going forward. They need to continue to improve on the defensive end and being consistent on that defensive end. And they have been for the last couple of games. Ken Palm is noticing. They jumped up to 80th in defensive adjusted efficiency rating. And finally, again, I want to see some of the younger guys get some time. These guys could have key minutes down the stretch or even into next season. Right, Keegan Murray, more than likely not going to be here next year. Jordan Bohannon, not going to be here next year. With the transfer world the way it is, who knows what else could happen. So you really want to see Josh continue to improve. You want to see Peyton Sanford. He's going to be a huge player next year. With his three-point shooting ability, we're going to need a guy like that to be able to come up and shoot the ball three, four times a game from behind the arc, like a Jordan Bohannon does, give you that spark. So you want to see some of those younger guys get some more minutes, get some more experience, so they can be pivotal key players in next year's team. Coming up, we're going to talk about recruiting. And who is up next for the Hawks, right? We've landed two recruits, one being a very significant in-state recruit. Now, who could be up next for the Iowa Hawkeyes? We're talking about that here in a few short moments. But first, March Madness is only a few weeks away. 
That means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual? Are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here, and we're actually running our brackets at runyourpool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pick X. They have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks, all stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool is here to help you take some of the madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain customers. Plus, they offer full-time white glove customer support, customer branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. Clearly, we believe and run your pool because, like I said, we're actually running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family and enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. And thank you all for making the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Lockdown Hawkeyes. Let's get into it. But first, uh, just as an FYI, we're going to be actually creating our own pool um, for all of you Iowa Hawkeye fans out there as well. Uh, winner gets a t-shirt that I'll send out to you. Um, so be on the lookout for that coming in the next probably week and a half. Um, at least getting that pool set up so you can get signed in. So let's get into it, though. Recruiting-wise, uh, as you might have heard, Alex Moda, a big-time in-state recruit, uh, joined the Iowa Hawkeyes. And it was a bit of a surprise for everyone. Uh, to this point, we had thought that Iowa was not going to be getting a rec- or commit from Alex Moda anytime soon, or that Alex Moda was even going to commit anytime soon. And it really seemed like most of the momentum was going towards Iowa State. He ultimately decides to commit to Iowa. That's a huge grab for the Hawks, and Iowa continues to clean up in the state of Iowa. Now, Matt Campbell's done a phenomenal job at Iowa State, and he's done a good job of of kind of putting the pressure on the Hawks of really having to to win these recruiting battles because he's doing a good job at Iowa State. All things considered, a very good job at Iowa State. But Iowa still is doing work there. Right, they already have three in-state kids: Alex Moda, Ben Cooter, and Maddox Bortrain Johnson. Uh, the final two, both fantastic wrestlers in the state of Iowa. Uh, ben Cooter, a three-time state champion, also a guy who is going to be playing or wrestling for the Iowa wrestling team. So to land Alex Moda, a three-star recruit, a 454th ranked player in the nation, fourth ranked player in the state, is huge. And the biggest thing that happened here is that Alex Moda was being looked at as a defensive back for the Hawks. At Marion, he plays a lot of different positions. Quarterback, running back, linebacker, you name it. He plays a lot of positions for Marion. He wanted to play on the offensive side of the ball, and Iowa hadn't really talked to him a lot about the offensive side of the football. When they started talking about playing wide receiver, that's where the interest really started to, to, to wind up here. And he was interested in playing that wide receiver position. What we would see Alex Moda play is a similar role to potentially an Arlen Bruce next year. Now, Arlen Bruce, we only saw a little bit of what I think we're going to see from Arlen Bruce as he was getting acclimated to the offense as a true freshman. But Arlen Bruce is the guy that you can line up anywhere on the field. Jet sweeps. You can do some things in the backfield. Uh, He can even throw the football a little bit. I think you get a similar type of dynamic with Alex Moda. 
So it'll be really interesting to see how he fits into that, that wide receiver group. I know Iowa is looking to take two wide receivers. That being said, there's a chance they could take three. They're really high on Kai Black, the Urbandale product as well. I believe Urbandale, I'll need to check that real quick. And then also Kyler Casper is clearly a guy they want to bring into the program. Now, I don't think Iowa is the necessarily the front runner for Kyler Casper. Iowa is definitely in the mix for Kyler, but he's getting heavily recruited by a lot of schools. And there's several really big schools that those offers are pretty important to, to Kyler, in my opinion. So whether or not they get Kyler, they're still working really hard on getting a big time wide receiver, a six foot four, six foot five kind of guy who can play that X position um, for the Hawks. Now, Kyler, if they bring him in, that'll be huge anyways, right? They're, they're going to want to bring him in as he is a fantastic player. But in the meantime, they're going to be working on grabbing someone else in addition to Alex Moda, to round out what they want to have in that two-wide receiver class. If they can bring in Kyler, they'll make it three wide receivers. The other recruit for Iowa is Chase Brackney. Uh, a little over a week ago, committed to the Iowa Hawkeyes. Chase Brackney, a three-star defensive end prospect out of Colorado, out of my backyard, Cherry Creek, um, just a few miles away from me. Uh, Chase Brackney is six foot four, 250-pound defensive end. Um, shows a lot of hustle play, a lot of hustle in his um, pass rush sets. A guy who is going to be a very hard worker when he gets to the Hawks. Um, and he was, his recruiting was starting to pick up momentum. Had offers from USC, Cal, Nebraska. He wasn't ranked initially, but as we've seen with Iowa, it doesn't matter if you're not ranked. They're finding guys who fit that program. And nevertheless, he is going to be, uh, he has already gotten ranked after receiving that um, offer from Iowa. So Chase Brackney joining the program. And right now, our defensive line is starting to look pretty darn good. Kelvin Bell is putting together a nice little set there. Even this year with Maddox, Borchering Johnson at the defensive tackle, Chase Brackney as the end, a guy who also could switch inside potentially as well, has some room on his body to grow. Um, this defensive line already coming to fruition pretty quickly. So who's up next for the Hawks? It isn't Kyler Casper, I'll tell you that much. But there's three guys to be on the lookout for. The first and primary one is Leighton Jones. Iowa extended an offer to the Indiana product. Um, a few weeks or last week, I believe. And he is a guy who, by all reports, wants to go to Iowa. It sounds like he could be a guy who commits soon to the Hawks. And that would be huge for the offensive line. That would be huge for Iowa continuing, continuing to, to increase that foothold in Indiana. Out of Brownsburg, Indiana, class 2023, 6'4", 250-pound a prospect, a guy who plays both offensive and defensive line and has a, a background with wrestling, a guy who Iowa typically likes to bring in. So I expect him to be the next guy. There's already crystal balls in place uh, for him going to Iowa. Other guys to watch out for is that Lafayette tight end, uh, Steven Salinos, uh, still working on him. So I don't know what his plan is. It sounded like he might make a decision last week. We could be obviously going into another week from now until he might makes a decision uh, that would be a huge grab for the Hawks, getting a depth tight end, a guy who could potentially be a starter next year when we have some guys go to the NFL. Finally, the final guy to talk about is Matt Markway, a four-star tight end, a legacy recruit, a guy who was re previously committed to Florida. When the coaching change happened, he reopened his recruiting. And it looks like Iowa might be in the driver's seat here. The recruiting seems very, very strong for Matt Markway to go to the Iowa Hawkeyes. He's taking several unofficial or several visits this spring, and there's a good chance he could make a decision by the end of March or the end of May, excuse me. That'd be huge for Iowa to land another four-star guy. They're also in on Caden Proctor. 
the five-star target out of Southeast Polk. Things are trending really well for the Hawks there. Uh, so there's a lot of four- and five-star prospects that I was actually very much high on the list for. So this is a class, when I talked about it before, this is a class that could easily rival that class of 2020. Now, two similarities in those classes. Now, I know Deuce Hogan is no longer here at the program, but Deuce Hogan committed very, very early, or excuse me, the 2019 class, I should say. Deuce Hogan committed very early in that process. Am I missing? Let me see this real quick. I am, I believe, I'm, I thought it was a 2020 class, and now that I'm pulling it up, I'm like, this is not making sense. Yeah, okay, 2020 class, cool. Um, this is a class that could rival the 2020 class. That 2020 class rated 35th in the nation, um, according to 24-7 Sports, 6 in the Big Ten. But the big thing they had there, or 8th in the Big Ten, the big thing they had there was Deuce Hogan committing really early in the process. Deuce Hogan then went and was actively recruiting other people across the nation. That's the same class that landed Logan Jones, who is getting some work at the center position. Deontay Craig, who's going to be a big impact player on the defensive line. Luke Lachey, who's already our number two tight end. Tyler Ellsbury, who has been getting work at the tackle and the center position. Gavin Williams, who's going to be our starter. Elijah Yelverton, our third string uh, tight end at this point. LaShawn Williams, also going to be in line for some carries. Y.A. Black and Ethan Herkett, both guys who are getting some, some looks at the defensive line position. Mason Richmond, our starting left tackle. Um, Lucas Van Ness, one of the best freshmen in the country this year. Jay Higgins just waiting for his time. I mean, this is a pretty impressive class that you're looking at. And the other guys just have been buried in the depth chart because there's been so much talent above them. You look at Reggie Bracey. Um, or Brendan Dees Fernandez, uh, both those, AJ Lawson, all those guys kind of buried on a very senior-laden depth chart of that defensive back spot. Uh, Quavon Matthews ultimately transferred. So um, very impressive recruiting class for the class of 2020. And I think this class coming up could be significantly better than that. And that's saying something. And it starts, though, when you land a guy like Xavier going into the, the end of this last class, a lot of momentum is going for the Iowa Hawkeyes. You have some big-time guys recruiting other big-time guys. They want to play with their guys they played with in 7-on-7 seven seven and that kind of stuff. That gives Iowa a lot of momentum. Then landing Marco Lannis, a four-star quarterback, is huge, right? You clean up Iowa, you get that four-star quarterback, and now you're looking at getting a bunch of other guys to really build that class impressively for the Iowa Hawkeyes. So uh, the momentum is definitely uh, growing in Iowa Hawkeye Nation, and hopefully we get a few more commits coming in the next couple of weeks, especially as uh, spring visit days come up. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about the suspensions because they were a bit ridiculous in how the Big Ten handled that, but isn't that the norm? We're going to be talking about that, though, in a few short moments. But first, football might be over, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right down to the Olympic coverage in the last two weeks. It's also my personal spot where I go to. I wouldn't go to a place, I wouldn't tell you about a place that I didn't trust. And I love BetOnline.net. So head over to their website today or use your mobile device and learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline.net, it's where the game starts. All right, y'all, let's get into it. So most of you probably saw the tape of Wisconsin and Michigan, and uh, it was a 
bit of a weird situation. So uh, Wisconsin calls a timeout late in the game. Michigan was pressing late in the game. Michigan was down 13, 14 points. Uh, Juwan Howard took significant offense to this, apparently. And when they were going through the handshake line, he started saying something to Greg Gard. Then he tried walking away. Greg Gard grabbed his arm. That continued to escalate the situation. Juwan Howard got really pissed off, reached over, slapped one of the other coaches in the heads, and then several Michigan players, including five-star Musa Diabate, who destroyed Iowa in their last matchup, started hitting people. The only other thing I want to call out is that one of Wisconsin's assistant coaches, after this fight breaks out, does one of this motions. And if you're not on the YouTube, I apologize. It's basically like a screw-off, or you can kind of get the, the, the vibe there. The Big Ten only suspends Juwan Howard for the rest of the season. They only suspended two Michigan players for a game each, Terrence Williams and Musa Diabate. They also suspended Wisconsin guard Jacoby Neath for one game, and Greg Gard got a $10,000 fine. This makes my blood boil, people. Fran McCaffrey got suspended for multiple games for yelling at an official in the tunnel. Juwan Howard punched a person and only got double that. Greg Gard put his hand on a coach and escalated that situation as well and only got a $10,000 fine. Musa Diabate threw several punches and landed them and only got suspended one game. There is zero consistency in the Big Ten. From top to bottom, you want to know why officiating is bad? Because the top is bad as well. Kevin Warren is garbage, a piece of trash, and the worst commissioner in all the big big conferences, in my opinion. Piece of trash might have been a little aggressive there. But he sucks at his job. He handled COVID poorly. He's handled a lot of things in this situation very, very poorly. I don't even think he handled expansion talks that well. They're not handling... These suspensions well, they're not handling the problem that the, the Big Ten has, the officiating. And again, I'm not talking about just at Iowa. It's across the board. The officiating is poor here. You can turn on any Big Ten game, and I guarantee you within five minutes, you see some very, very bad calls. And what's worse is these officials hold grudges against some of these coaches. Fran McCaffrey being one of them. The stuff that Tom Izzo gets away with, Fran McCaffrey couldn't dream of. If Fran McCaffrey punched a guy, Fran McCaffrey might be fired or required to be, you know, resign from the Big Ten. Not in Michigan, though. Juwan Howard just gets a five-game suspension. Fran McCaffrey gets the shaft in a lot of these things. And yes, he does show his anger a little more with his face. But he is not nearly as bad as a lot of these coaches are, yet has a significantly worse reputation than a lot of these coaches do. And the Big Ten handles these things accordingly based off of their reputation. I am not a Brad Davison fan. I think Brad Davison is one of the dirtiest players in all college basketball. But even Brad Davison gets kind of screwed because of his reputation. It is not okay that the Big Ten has an inability to be unbiased in these games. It's destroying the game and it's making it. You look at what's happened to Iowa. How do you call a ticky tack fall at Rutgers to give Rutgers two shots at the free throw line with two seconds left when you haven't called that crap the entire game? How? Against Michigan, 
I honestly thought the refs missed several travels on Iowa to allow Iowa to get back in the game. Now, of course, I'm happy that Iowa was back in the game, but if I were a Michigan fan, I'm pissed. It's 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 actually impacting the outcomes of these games, and it's unacceptable that it's happening, and it's unacceptable that it continues to be a problem, not just officiating, but how the Big Ten handles situations, and they continue to have no sort of precedent they set for themselves or consistency with what they do. So as you've heard me say, if you've listened to the show before, Kevin Warren sucks, and the Big Ten has a problem on their hands. That does do it for our show today, though. Uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, we have a very, very special guest, a former Locked On host himself. Big Ten Ben, I believe, is going to be joining us on the show tomorrow to talk all things about Big Ten basketball, Big Ten football, and his experience of the Super Bowl. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, stay tuned for that. And I know you make the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen, and I hope you know I appreciate the heck out of that. It means so much to me. But now, if you can make the Locked On NFL Draft podcast your second listen, that would also mean a lot to me as well. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. They talk about guys like Tyler Linderbaum and Tyler Goodson and Dane Belton. So be on the lookout for the Lockdown NFL Draft podcast dropping daily right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And it's free and available wherever you get podcasts at. So wherever you're getting Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, you can also get Lockdown NFL Draft. Okay, thank you all for tuning in to today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Have a fantastic Thursday, and as always, Hawkeye Nation, let's go Hawks.